Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anka Herman, and I'm your host. My guest today is a psychic coach for hormonal professionals with over 20 years as a light worker in the field of holistic healing. And she has a way to talk about menopause that makes you want to get there as soon as possible and never leave. Welcome, Simone Moyer. Hello and welcome, Simone. How are you today? Wonderful, thank you. I'm very delighted to have you here. So before we go anywhere, why don't you share with people where you're based and what's your business? Well, I'm physically based in Scotland, in just outside of Glasgow, in a nice bit, just minutes away from the picture book. Um, but I'm basically worldwide available. Um, so I just feel like a kid of the world. And even though Glasgow is my base, I can roam, which is so exciting. Yeah. So who do you help and how? Yeah. So I work mainly now because I can pick and choose who I work with. So I pick my favorite people. I work with menopausal professionals mainly as they seem to be running through menopause and wondering why it hits them so hard. And it's very simple. You shouldn't run through menopause, right? We all know that. But it's such an amazing threshold that if you actually honor it and work with it, by the end of it, you come out the wise woman. Mm. And that's priceless. That's where you start creating your legacy. And that's where real influence starts. I've worked with mothers and all all sorts of people helping everyone with everything till I really kind of like found my home where I'm happiest um, and I feel I have amazing impact with it because the women I work with you know I learn as much from them as they learn from me and we just go together on an adventure. Mm, that sounds delightful <laughs> you know like from frazzle to wise, wise woman I mean that's just a wonderful transformation <laughs> And I do get love letters from the husbands as well. Um, right. Thank you for not just not getting me my wife back, but actually getting me something that's to die for. You never even literally, because mm -hmm. they found their vulnerability, and vulnerability is the key to love and connection. So if you're a kick-ass businesswoman and your relationship is kind of like iffy, oh my god, will this transform you? Mm. That sounds, that, that sounds delicious, and we're going to dive in there. But before we go there, I'm curious about the path that took you there. I would imagine you didn't finish school or uni thinking, ooh, I really want to turn menopausal headless chickens into wise women. Well, the theme How started, did you arrive there? The theme started fairly early. Um, I, I was born like my grandmother and apparently my great-grandmother as well, being an intuit. Um, there's empaths that kind of like pick, pick, pick up other people's um, feelings and I can hear and see the things you are suppressing, which is daunting sometimes, but I know how to lower lower it and switch it on which is which came with age and it was completely necessary because imagine you're having like a 
quadcasting device above your head like a big screen. And what I see and hear is your inner self-talk. Imagine that. <laughs> Sounds pretty <laughs> stressful for a young I girl, know. right? <laughs> so, my I mean, life, how did, how did you make sense of all of that? Yeah. So my life hasn't been necessarily easy and I've turned really young into um, being a meditator and yogi. And it wasn't a discipline because always like I've talked to so many people that have done yoga and they said, oh, I'm just off it just now. It's like, how can you get off yoga? It's like stopping breathing to me. Mm. It's impossible. It's part of me. It's integrated. I am yoga. I am all those books that are written about it and always have been. It feels like an ancient knowledge, not from this time. And even in school, I remember, I was always put next to the people that were ungrounded and struggling with life. And I was a grounding rod and it turned out fine. And the teachers used that. And being unsupported in that and already struggling, that's not fair and no one should do that. Um, but it did make me a therapist. It did make me who I am. So that means... Your first stop um, on the career path was actually being a therapist. It's kind of like seems default. It's just I'm just in the presence of like I don't do anything to people. I'm not a fixer. Mm. Um, it just happens. So you knew that right from the start. Right from the beginning. That seems like such a gift that people would kill for, right? Because so many people especially in the early year, years, really struggle to find their thing, yeah. right? And they flounder from one to the next and, and mm. can't really find the thing. So mm. did you ever have any doubts that you were on the right path? Did you have somebody who says, well, but that's not a real job? Or, or would yeah. you always have like 100% the path was mm. clear? It wasn't a job. It was just me being. So mm. it was not a job till much later in life. And I didn't see it as a job because it's it's just what I do. And, um, yeah, I, I did have my struggles in life and health struggles as well. And through those health struggles, I got more into my inner world and self-healing. Like the Joe Dispenza journey is kind of like what I've done as well. And when I turned good again, age 16, I just wanted to surround myself with beautiful things. And I've studied fashion design, um, but I still love beautiful things. It's still, mm. you know, I haven't stopped uh, doing that. And and I, I went into management in, um, in the fashion industry, which I hated. I absolutely hated. Um, it was just far too much noise and stress and pressure and long hours. And it fed my ego. Mm but it didn't feed anything else. So I've done the, the professional kick-ass bit for a bit. So I've not just only done yoga, yoga and meditation. I've worked in the industry. And I think that gives me a really good understanding of where women are that have continued on that path. I was lucky enough to jump off that path and become a yoga teacher, not because I thought it could feed me. It's just because it was authentic to me. Mm. There weren't many personal yoga teachers around when I started. Yeah, I mean, I just love it. That it's just like what you said about the fashion industry. It's, yeah, that makes so much sense. Because when I started my sewing business, 
I, I never had any interest in the fashion industry and I never did. I said, I want to make, I want to design the perfect outfit for you, just one person, the person right in front of me. I'm not interested in, in, in shows, in, you know, in whatever seasons and like that whole production that goes around it. I, I've never had any interest in that. I couldn't even like as much as I love dressing and creating beautiful garments i couldn't even imagine working in that industry so it's like oh my god this seems the opposite of the essence that i perceive from you yeah. it's hitting so, targets and it's a machinery That's yeah it. yeah <laughs> so did you find the jumping off it was that an easy jump or was that like oh not sure should i should i shouldn't i well it's highly addictive when you're damn good at something. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest manager at H&M at a massive branch in Cologne um, with like, I don't know how many hundred people working underneath me, mainly students. Um, I was good at it. I'm usually good at anything I do because I'm so passionate about anything I do. If I spend my lifetime doing it, like I flatlined when I was 15 and a half, my life was over. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like my bonus round. I had another bonus round in there, so I'm on the second bonus, but, <laughs> but it's kind <laughs> of like a cat. waste my time. And it's mm -hmm. not, I'm not stressed. I also really much don't waste my time chilling. <laughs> you know, when it's off time, it is off time. I take three months a year off and the phone is off. My clients cannot believe that that's even possible. So I've learned a lot from it. And I learned to curb the addiction of being everything for everyone. And oh, well, I think that's a whole topic on its own. <laughs> so, okay, so you decided to ditch the fashion industry. Congratulations. <laughs> and really follow the essence of that you know what what's coming through you almost like can't help it so yeah. we're talking yoga what was the step from the yoga teaching to you know to what you're doing now well it started by meeting my first husband <laughs> so i don't have 10 <laughs> sounds like there's a whole list to come no um i met him in vancouver in 1998 and while he was working, I was kind of like roaming the streets and I bumped into Gabor Mate, who is like my hero in trauma recovery. And he worked in Vancouver, in Hastings. It's like the drug, the drug district of Vancouver. And he had a talk on. And I thought, oh, I have nothing to do. I'm going for the talk. Great. And I just fell in love with him and he fell in love with me. Um, and it's just like we've been, you know, like in contact ever since. And I've started coaching people on the phone when coaching was still a footballer's thing or a sports thing. There weren't any coaches around when I started mm. on the phone for inner child work in 1999. So that's wow. so I was a coach kind of like before I was a yoga teacher. Mm. My husband then kind of like saw how stressful my life was and I was just burning myself out at a far too young age. And um, he just said, you know what? Would you, if money wouldn't be an obstacle, would you still do this job? And I was insulted. Believe it or not, it's crazy. Now in hindsight, it's crazy. But I felt like, oh, he doesn't like a strong woman 
you know, mm-hmm. I've worked hard for this. And now he kind of like is trying to, in a sneaky way, kind of like trying to talk me out of pursuing my career, my career, right? So um, after being really stroppy and nearly breaking up with him over it, um, I did go with him to New Zealand where he got a job and I didn't need to work. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take a month off. And after that month, I sent in my resignation and started a yoga teacher training and started on that journey. Coaching has always been part of it because I didn't do the gym bunny yoga. I did yoga therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can do it. I, I can do all the contortions you wouldn't have been doing it all my life. So, <laughs> But I, can, I just can't stand the show off yoga because my yoga that I teach is like, 80% inside of you. No one can see it. It will never make it to the front of the magazine. Yeah. And that's that's just where I'm happiest. Mm. And I didn't ditch the yoga to do the coaching. I'll always do yoga. Always do the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's really where the power lies. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I relate to what you're saying on, on, on a bunch of different levels, but that sense that you know what you said before, I'm passionate, super passionate about everything I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think the biggest power comes and the biggest impact when you find a way to actually bring all of you to the table, not just this bit or that bit, when you find a way to, you know, bring all of you in. Now, I'm really curious about starting coaching when it was so you know, when, when you say coach and people go which team, right? So how did, uh, you know, how did you get your first client? And I know I keep, keep to attract them a bit like in school where I was put next to them. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a law of attraction kind of like believer as in my clients find me. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that make me grow as well as that I help fertilize growth with, they find me. Um, I'm terrible at marketing and I'm really glad that you got me on here. So because some of my clients say like, you're a bit like a unicorn. Most people don't even believe you exist. Right. (laughs) And then you're damn hard to find. And when you find, when you're found, it's just magic. So (laughs) see, that's why we're here. Right. Because this is actually something that I see all the time. People usually come to me with tech topics like tech issues and what I find most of the time is just they've got something brilliant to offer but they're not known enough to the people it's for right and that gives you that sense of I've got more to give than than I'm giving Right. So, yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the I'm coming out. <laughs> no, no, but that's, that's, my, that's my next decade. That's it. That's like, it. That's it. Kids. They're good. And I'm now I'm the proud author. Well, we'll get to book. that. We'll get to la, that la, in la, a second. La, la. <laughs> I love the I love the I love the cover of it and I love the Thank title you. of it. So now come on, come on, tell me about the book. <laughs> Again, just like, you know, how things happen. Um, I'm in a, a business club thing, and there's a, also a publisher in there, and we mentor each other. It's kind of like a hub since COVID. And um, she came up with, like, writing a book because there's so many inspirational people there. 
And I just thought, like, English is my second language. Never wrote a book. I barely write a blog, right? Like, what am I going to say? And um, I know her quite well and went for a cup of tea. And she just said, like, you have to write one. I can help you. I can tease it out of you. But, like, you have to write something. So I did write it myself. And I pride myself that I did. I didn't get a ghostwriter. Many did. Um, and, yes, it's published and it's sold out. You can't even get it if you want it today. It will be back by the weekend or something like that. It just flew off the shelf. It's crazy. Just love it. Just love it. Now, now, come on, let's just really dig in there. Like, let's just tease people. Like, look, there's a book. You can't get it. But we're going to tell you what it's all about. <laughs> well, so it's, it's mature women that I would mm -hmm. work with usually that have had a pivotal moment in their life that really just changed the trajectory. So you would think maybe it was from going into being a kick-ass businesswoman into yoga. That would have been one. I have many of them. I could write a whole book on the pivotal moments that I've had. But there I you go. Second book calling, time. right? <laughs> Due to a real love I have, I work with foster service. Like I have a big charity leg as well as working with, you know, working for money. <laughs> so um, I, it's really like that distress that people battle with on all levels, businesswomen, children, mm. men, just like that distress where we don't get the tools. We don't get the tools. No school teaches us how to meet it when, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. So I have one of those rock and a hard place situations that I kind of like share. And the main story is, or the theme would be that I always thought being strong was my superpower. Mm. I'm very strong. And I had to learn that vulnerability actually saved my life. Mm. Tell us a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes what we think we need is not necessarily really what we need to learn in the situation. And that's kind of like with menopausal women as well. It's like they all have what they want. Like they are like abundant beings I work with. Mm -hmm. They have like handbags more expensive than me, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they don't have what they need. And that is what we figure out. So that you have a strong foundation, which you can never get filled with your wants, no matter what you buy. Mm. There's a beautiful quote, and unfortunately, I don't know who said it, but it says, you can't ever get enough from what, of what you don't really need. Yes. You know, yeah. And I think it's all the handbags and the cars and the nice cars mm -hmm. and that, you know, those outer status symbols. Yeah. You know, one year when you get one, then you'll be happy, like excited for, for a day or two, and then... And then you chase yeah. the next thing, right? It's a dopamine rush, right? Absolutely. It's just like a short, short drug lasts yeah. a day if you're lucky. And even if you think of you have a degree, right? You work your butt off, right? And then it's degree day and you go like, yeah. And then you need to find a job in the industry and you go like, Ugh. <laughs> so it's not even worth it, right? It's just like, oh my God, why do people do that? And it's about bringing the celebration back into your life and, and real self-care, real self-care. And I'm also writing another book 
I'm on a run now. I know, <laughs> like once it's unleashed, right? <laughs> it's not out yet, but um, you can check it out on Facebook. It's Empowered Butterfly Method. And it is a book to prevent suicides. So that's where another passion of mine lies. And it's epic. It's going to be so good. It's going to change lives. I bet. I bet. Save lives. Yeah. And and it's, I think, more needed now than ever, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So let's, let's keep, let's go back to the menopause. Because <laughs> I remember you saying, you Spelling out menopause in the most delicious way. And I would not want anybody to get off this podcast without having heard it. How do you talk about menopause? See, it's blindingly obvious, right? Yeah, once you see it. Once <laughs> <laughs> you see it. Menopause. There's only three lessons you really need to integrate. Me. No, and pause. If you got that, most of the time, you're going to go through it quite fine. If you violate one of them, it's going to be hard. If you violate all three of them, it's going to be horrid. That has been the experience with people that I've working with. Would you like me to unpack it? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So the me is about authenticity and getting to know you we've been busy having children and getting to know everyone else and I remember that when I was on my own because the kids were somewhere and I wanted to make myself something nice to eat and I just thought will I have pasta or pizza and it's called I don't even like pasta or pizza I've had pasta and pizza enough to last me a lifetime I really needed to reclaim to find out what I actually really like to eat mm. and then I found out that's not that uncommon. I'm not the only person. You surf and try to make everyone happy with food intolerances and all sorts of things. Then you put yourself last. Menopause is to stop that. It's putting you first. You've raised your kids. It's time for you. And it's kind of like looking at where am I? Do I mainly like live in the past, like the stories? Or do I mainly live in the future, the worries, <laughs> right? So, or do I actually, am I ever present with me? Am I present with me? Me, right? <laughs> Probably, I, I mean, would you agree that it's, I mean, it can happen to men too, but I think it's a real a woman's thing. You know, when you're in a norm, like, that's the thing. You take care of everyone else. And you're so used to it that you don't even know anymore what you want. Yeah, it's our hormones. Estrogen mm -hmm. does it. Mm -hmm. And the, we're, we're absolutely hooked to the close, to the, you know, to, to the cuddly hormones and, and kind of like the pleasing hormones. They're the ones that our brain are looking for that makes us, like, when we can serve you're high on estrogen. There's women that are not. It's not generalizing. There's some people that prefer to kick butt. Good. <laughs> they have just lower estrogen levels in their body. Like oxytocin and things like that. We're just an absolute sucker for it. Puddles. <laughs> so, yes, it is, you know, for, for men, oxytocin doesn't really feature 
that much and it's very short short spikes where they would feel it mm. we nurse it and we yeah we really nurse it yeah so i mean the focus on me it feels like you know what you're doing by putting it this way it shifts the perception of menopause from something that you kind of dread or don't want to go near because it feels it's the end of youth right mm -hmm. to ooh this is when the fun actually starts right <laughs> so all right what's the second part cool. the second part is trying to be everything for everyone and defining yourself through that either being like the problem solver at home right you have a problem i sorted for you right mm -hmm. and and being that for everyone or trying to make everyone feel comfortable which is more the pleaser or trying to get the awards so you have the status it's like trying to be everything for everyone right um and if you have done that enough which sometimes you have done enough of it by the time you hit menopause you need to learn to say no a self-loving no just like you know when my kids say oh whatever can you do this can you do that and i just go like hmm. i'm struggling to find a yes in here i can oh. hear a really strong loud self-loving no wait a minute I, I i go and look for it just a moment and they just roll their eyes because they know it's not gonna happen <laughs> like oh there she is again i get the biggest eye roll ever but <laughs> like it's fun because i don't like saying no mm. i don't like saying no i'm a yes kind of a girl um so learning to say no happened earlier on through self-preservation that's when you have to learn you know or you die so i've learned it then um but with my kids i have a soft spot mm. so and with that I needed to kind of find this elegant way of saying no without hitting much resistance. They know there's no chance. I'm not going to find yes. So <laughs> I just get, it, get on with it, right? So it's quite fun. I, I love how you put that. I mean, the well, you, you learn to say no or you're in deep trouble. You know, that's what that I think that was for me the core lesson of my sewing business because that's when I learned it. Because <laughs> I was <laughs> saying yes to everything and everybody all the time is just like the recipe for disaster. So I learned it there kind of the hard way. But I actually had a message from somebody recently who was in that same space where she says, I, I, I love being kind and generous and I'm a yeah, I want to please people and be generous. And it's like, how can I be that without being walked all over, right? And how can I be firm without turning into a tough bitch, right? And I think the way you just praise this and really shows that it, there is no, it does not, like no does not have to be harsh, right? And I think the, the thing that I saw is when that no was most of the time the kindest thing I could give to somebody, yeah. Right. So, and I think shifting what we feel no means. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be harsh and it doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, and I love the way you kind of are playful with it. But it's like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Right? Yeah, exactly. If it's a maybe, practice a no. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's kind of like really putting it into action. And that's why mm. it's not a, 
just like a YouTube video. I'm sure you've heard most of the things I've told you before. It's not about giving you more information. It's making the information come out of you. Like, hell yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. I feel that in myself. And then putting action steps into your life. So you show up differently. Yeah. That's where coaching comes in, right? You show up differently and Absolutely. you are accountable to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think the, the critical bit in there is also that split second between the request and the yes. Yeah. Right? It's like, wait, 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 wait. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Which kind of leads us to <laughs> point number three. To the pause. Exactly. Mm. To the pause. So... In the pause is where you find your wisdom. So you stop being accountable to me and you start becoming accountable to you. But it's a process. You can't just do it. It's kind of like you kind of like nearly need to make the mistakes before you can get the lesson. Because we don't walk without falling over. So you will fall over regularly when you work with me. And it's beautiful because you really, really learn. So there is no such thing as for that, you need to remove momentum. And that's where the pause comes in, right? If you're too fast, you can't learn from your mistakes because you're already on to the next. So it's the pause is pretty much the theme of my, my program is you need to make this a priority and you need to pause with me. Otherwise, it does not work. Clear your social calendar, release momentum. And then that's one thing, releasing momentum. And then the second bit, which is sometimes the harder bit, how comfortable are you with doing nothing? <laughs> how long can you do it for? Mm. Right? When, when do you get edgy? What does nothing look like? Looking at meditation and other wonderful, powerful tools. So you cannot just clear your calendar and go for a pedicure or something like that and think you've had a course, but to actually really become cellularly comfortable and energetically plugged in to a place of pause. Yeah. And I think until you experience it, you don't really know what that means, right? It reminds me of, um, of a retreat. I went like a silent retreat. There was a three-day retreat years ago when I lived in Australia. My flatmate goes, oh, you should come. And I'm like, I don't know whether I'm going to survive three days without talking. <laughs> you know, it, I still remember it because there was initially this like, oh, my God, how am I going to last three days without talking? But then when you look back at those three days, you, I still really – and it was all – Sitting meditation, walking meditation, standing meditation, eating, sitting meditation, like that, the whole, the whole time. We did not speak to anybody while we were eating. It was like literally, like there's other people kind of running around, but you don't commune, like you did not say hello when you walk through the door, like nothing. It was just literally just you in the middle of the outback somewhere. And it actually took a little while for that little busy mind to settle. Yeah. And then the second day, I remember crying my eyes out, you know, because all that stuff came up that never has the time to come up. Yeah. And then on the third day, it was like, oh, you know, that's when the pause actually started. 
-hmm. It wasn't when you turned off your phone on Friday evening, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the the experience of that is like nobody, like somebody can tell you that and you don't get it until you actually feel it in your body. Yeah. It's the same as parenting. Mm. You know, you can read all the parenting books. You have no clue about parenting till you hold your baby in your hands. Yes. No clue. Absolutely nothing. It's complete nonsense. All these ideals that you thought you, you everything you thought you knew about parenting just gets just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> moved out of the room. But like the same with a silent retreat or meditation. I have a really neat trick. I'm a really seasoned meditator. You can piggyback right with me to the top of the mountain. I put you there and your whole nervous system knows how it feels. Then you have a track to get up. Still takes practice, but you at least know what you're aiming for. And that is really beautiful when you can actually switch your mind off. And I will do it so you can retrace it. So I won't just kind of like just beam you up. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. I will do it with as little as possible of energy for me so you can feel yourself like in the process of getting up there. So maybe a piggyback ride, but you're not getting beamed up. Mm, and then you that. need to build the muscle, you know. I mean, like with anything, right? So it's 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 never just like turn the light on and off you go, you know. And I think life would be pretty dull if it was like that. Yeah. Like, so where can people go find out more about you? Where can they go to get the book when it's available again? Right. Where can they go to work with you? Yeah. So I'm on all social media platforms, I think, and I melt my stress. So you will find me on Facebook under Melt My Stress Now. <laughs> but other than that, under my name, Simona Moya, or uh, Melt My Stress, and the Butterfly Method, the suicide prevention book, the how to go from distress to hope and the time it takes to go and use the bathroom. Love it. That one is available on Facebook under Empowered Butterfly Method. And that will be the first place where the pre-launch will be will be shared. And I think I have something like five likes or something like that. So if you want to be in my first dozen, you can still be in it. Awesome. And awesome. It, it will grow very quickly. Um, awesome. But we're gonna pop the link up. Like I've only just actually opened it. Awesome. So we're gonna obviously put the links in the show notes so that's yes, easy to find. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for you know unpacking the beauty of menopause in a way that mm. I think most people would have never seen it. Beautiful. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you leave a review, I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like some support building or growing your business, especially if you have a tech monster to tame, go to ankerherman.com that's A-N-K-E-H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N dot com to find out how I can help you do that.